There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's dig into the lyrics of The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Released in spring of 1976 on the Jailbreak album, it is the band's biggest hit. It charted in the top 15 in the U.S. on the Billboard chart, the top 10 in the U.K., and number one in Ireland, the literal and spiritual home of the band's enigmatic frontman, Phil Linnett. And as much as this episode is about the lyrics of the song, it's about Linnett, one of the most fascinating and tragic characters in rock and roll. Linnett was born on August 20th, 1949, to his mother, Philomena Linnett, an Irish girl from Dublin who was working as a nurse in Birmingham when she met his father, Cecil Paris, who had come to England from his native Guyana to find work. A few months after the two began a relationship, Paris was transferred to London, and the 18-year-old Philomena discovered that she was pregnant. She moved into a home for unwed mothers with her baby son, and then later moved to Manchester, where Lennett spent his early years, with his father sending money to help with child support. But due to racism and threats towards Lennett because he was mixed race, Philomena eventually sent him to live with his grandparents in Dublin when he was eight. The move was a good one for young Philip, who gained a father figure in his grandfather Frank, and he immediately felt at home in Ireland, even though people of color in the 1950s were very much a minority there. He soaked up the rich stories of his Celtic heritage like a sponge, and throughout his life he could be found sharing stories about Irish history in pubs with friends new and old. He began playing in bands around Dublin as a teenager, and at first he didn't even play an instrument. In those early years, Linnett was reserved in his role as a lead singer, often standing to the side of the stage, completely different from the prowling, charismatic frontman that we picture now, wielding his bass. He played his bass with a pick, whereas most bassists use their fingers, a unique trait that probably added to his ability to use the instrument in unique ways, with shorter notes on top of and behind the arrangements. Linnett co-founded Thin Lizzy with his childhood friend and bandmate, drummer Brian Downey, in Dublin in 1969, joined by keyboardist Eric Rickson and guitarist Eric Bell, formerly of the band Them. They called themselves Thin Lizzy, after the nickname for the Ford Model T car, which Lennett felt represented him because he discovered that the ad slogan was, Any color you like, as long as it's black. It was also taken from a robot character called Tin Lizzy in the comic The Dandy. Lennett had an affinity for comics, as is evidenced by the artwork on the Jailbreak album, which depicts the band as comic characters the warrior character making a jailbreak, freeing the people of Dimension 5 from the evil Overmaster. 
He and designer Jim Fitzpatrick came up with the concept based on H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds and their shared love of Marvel Comics. Anyway, the Irish press quickly began reporting on the band, and soon they had a record deal with songs written by Linnet about the people and the places that he knew in Ireland. Celtic tales with lyrics closer to working man's poetry and the sound not yet the hard rock style that the band would soon become known for. They relocated to London in 1971, where signs in some stores reading, No Irish, No Blacks, No Dogs, could still be seen. A holdover from prejudice against immigration into England from World War II. This, by the way, is also the title of the autobiography of John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, himself the son of Irish immigrants who had grown up in London, born a few years later than Linnet, but never forgetting that feeling of being marginalized due to his heritage. For Linnet, England was never going to truly be his home anyway. He worked and recorded in England, but his heart was always in Ireland. And indeed, he was the first black Irishman to ever succeed in a commercial rock group with his band Thin Lizzy, and specifically the Jailbreak album. The group recorded a total of five albums before releasing Jailbreak, and had a hit in the UK with Whiskey in the Jar, a cover of a traditional Irish song which the band weren't happy with, as it was released against their wishes by their record label. They didn't think it fully represented their direction, but a hit it was, even leading to an appearance on Top of the Pops and a tour with the band Slade. The lineup of the band underwent several changes, with only Lennett and Downey remaining, and new guitarists and keyboardists coming into and out of the fold. At one point, Richie Blackmore and Ian Pace of Deep Purple wanted Lennett to join their new outfit, Babyface, but Lennett declined wanting to succeed with Thin Lizzy. And then, in 1974, magic happened. The twin guitar sound that Thin Lizzy would become famous for. Now, this evolution took place once the classic lineup was confirmed. Linnett and Downey added guitarists Brian Robertson and Scott Gorham to the band. You can hear this dual guitar sound on The Boys Are Back in Town, and it became the sonic blueprint for Judas Priest, and later Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, Metallica, and more. Finn Lizzy were getting hotter, touring the U.S. for the first time in 1975, opening for Bob Seger. But still, their album sales were proving disappointing. Always beloved by fellow artists, Finn Lizzy had no shortage of opening slots with Queen and other huge acts. Lynette struck up a friendship with Huey Lewis during this time, which he said made him a better player and performer. But it wasn't until they released Jailbreak, six albums into their career, and lots of ups and downs along the way, that they finally broke worldwide. They continued to get opening slots on tours in the U.S. for Aerosmith, for Rush, and then, well, Lynette contracted hepatitis while touring the U.S., forcing a cancellation. And then guitarist Brian Robertson broke his hand in a bar fight the night before another tour of the U.S. in 1976, which created a rift between him and Lynette. And it all kind of went downhill from there. But all the while, the boys are back in town, continued to climb the charts, much to the band's surprise. Scott Gorham credits the success of the song to two DJs in Louisville, Kentucky, who played it in heavy rotation. And eventually, other radio stations started playing it too. The band were on tour in the U.S., 
when their manager told them that they finally had a hit, a long-awaited hit. And it starts like this. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed that much to say. But man, I think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around, how you was, where you could be found. Told them you were living downtown, driving all the old men crazy. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town again. Now, the genius of these lyrics, why they're so relatable, is because it puts the idea of a band, the boys, on even footing with the fans, the people around town excited to have them return. You feel like you know this group, and they know you too, and that it's going to be a party when you all get back together. It's an easy friendship, like you might find with a group of like-minded folks down at the pub. A camaraderie of the sort that's been sung about in Irish drinking songs for centuries, as Lennett knew well when he wrote these lyrics. And the song continues. You know that chick that used to dance a lot? Every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she's got. When I say she was cool, she was red hot. I mean, she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place, well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. And if that chick don't want to know, forget her. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town again. Lennett often used the character of Johnny in his songs as a kind of bad boy alter ego of himself. And while he was no angel, he could also be shy. And like many other hard rock frontmen, Bon Scott of ACDC being one, he loved to read. So he created Johnny as the sort of macho dude who would carry out bad boy behavior in songs. In fact, their very next album, Johnny the Fox, was a sort of concept album based around the Johnny character, in many ways so different from Lennett himself. And the song continues. Spread the word around. Guess who's back in town? Just spread the word around. Friday night they'll be dressed to kill, down at Dino's Bar and Grill. The drink will flow and the blood will spill. And if the boys want to fight, you better let them. That jukebox in the corner blasting out my favorite song. The nights are getting warmer. It won't be long. Won't be long till the summer comes. Now that the boys are here again. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town again. Now, many fans have speculated on the location of Dino's Bar and Grill. But Lennett would never say whether it was an actual place. Instead, he said that it was a place where guys anywhere in the world could go for a weekend pint and a fight. And indeed, places like that exist the world over, from Dublin to Chicago, New York to Los Angeles, and everywhere in between and beyond. A place that was, all at the same time, dangerous, thrilling, and comforting. A place that felt like home. A place for the boys and the girls to kick up their heels and share a story, at least in this wide world. Never really further than your corner bar. Never further than a friend, new or old. I'm sorry to say that this tale doesn't have a happy ending. Thin Lizzy never again reached the success that they had with the boys are back in town. And the band members continued to have infighting and even more lineup changes... Phil Linnett did get married to Caroline Crowther, the daughter of British comedian Leslie Crowther in 1980, and had their second daughter, Kathleen, later that year. Their first, Sarah, had been born in 1978. But, unfortunately, something else was growing, too. 
Lynette's increasing dependency on alcohol and drugs. Thin Lizzy disbanded in 1983, and Lynette released solo albums and fronted the group Grand Slam, but none of his musical projects after Thin Lizzy ever really took off. On Christmas Day of 1985, Lynette collapsed at home, his body finally giving out. His mother, Philomena, with whom he remained very close throughout his life, found him and called his estranged wife, Caroline. Caroline took him to the hospital, where it was discovered that he had sepsis, an infection of bacteria in the blood, along with pneumonia and, ultimately, heart failure. He regained consciousness long enough to share last words with his mother, and a few days later, on January 4th, 1986, he was gone. He was only 36 years old. At his funeral, in addition to his family and the various members of Thin Lizzy, Many of his musician admirers came to pay their respects. Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead, Bob Geldof, Bono, and Larry Mullen of U2, and more. He was buried at St. Fintan's Cemetery in his beloved Dublin. And if you ever find yourself in Dublin, you can visit a life-size bronze statue of Linnet, which was erected in 2005. It's on Harry Street, just off the main shopping drag of Grafton Street, in a prominent location that would no doubt have made Lynette proud and did make his mother Philomena proud, who was there at its unveiling. Philomena passed on in 2019 of cancer and never stopped visiting her son's grave, never getting over his death. She said she was bolstered by the support of his fans, who continued to pay tribute to her son in letters to her throughout the years. And it was at her funeral that Lynette's only son, the Irish sculptor Magdara Lamb, now a grown man, met his half-sisters Sarah and Kathleen for the first time. He was born in 1968 to a woman that Lynette was seeing and who gave him up for adoption. He discovered who his father was when he was 35, and Philomena Lynette accepted Lamb as Lynette's son before her death, noting that the two had the exact same thumbs. Phil Lynette a hard rocker who had more in common lyrically with Bruce Springsteen or Bob Dylan, released two books of poetry in his lifetime. Songs for While I'm Away was published in 1974, followed by a second book in 1977 titled simply Philip. A new documentary about Lynette's life called Songs for While I'm Away will be released in fall of 2020. He was a rock star, a poet, an Irishman, a friend and a father a man who endured racial discrimination and rose above it. He made a mark on the world of music and in the hearts of every fan who loved him. There was only one Phil Linnett, and with Thin Lizzy, he helped create a sound that would carry on forever. Next time you're near a jukebox down at Dino's, wherever in the world that is to you, let it blast out the boys are back in town. A song made for good times in the past and in the future. For everyone. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Podcast One, or stream for free at WDRV.com, Behind the Song, or on the Drive app. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and see the video episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Janda Lane Radio and on Twitter at Janda Lane. On the way, new episodes on the lyrics of David Bowie. The Kinks, and more classic rock and roll.
Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.